The following is a sermon from Pastor Timothy Borman and Sure Foundation, a church located in Woodside, Queens, New York, the world's most diverse community. For more information and for more audio content, go to sure-foundation.org. It's been said that all of Scripture leads up to the book of Romans. And I think that's about right. It's been said that the Garden of Eden and the fall into sin meet the cross in Romans. It's right there in Romans where sin meets grace. It's right here in Romans where death meets life. It's right here in Romans where all of these biblical threads are woven together by the Apostle Paul to make a beautiful tapestry. Romans is it, we might say. And so it's fitting then that Romans leads to the Reformation, right? It's almost 500 years ago to the day that Romans led to the Reformation. And so it's not going to be a waste of our time, I don't think. Pastor Dave and I think so, at least, that it's not a waste of our time that we're going to actually spend the summer in the book of Romans, and we're going to start that today. And you're not going to miss, you're not going to want to miss, at least, a single week of it, because what the Apostle Paul has for us today and for the rest of this summer is something that is absolutely beautiful for our lives and something that is absolutely powerful and breathtaking. And that brings us to today. We already said that all of Scripture leads to Romans. We've already said that Romans leads to the Reformation. And what we need to say now is that the book of Romans starts right here. I mean, if you would ask the scholars, this is what they would say. They would say, these verses that you're looking at today are the heart and core of the book of Romans. If you would ask a scholar, they would say, it's right here, it is right here that you have the key to unlocking this book. If you would ask someone who was writing the Augsburg Confession about the book of Romans, what they would say is that this is the chief doctrine. This is it. This is as high as it gets. And so not only are you not going to want to miss church at all this summer, you're not going to want to miss today. So it's a good thing that you're here. Are you ready for Romans? Listen to what the Apostle Paul says as he culminates the first couple of chapters of his book. He says, But now, a righteousness from God, apart from the law, has been made known, to which the law and the prophets testify. This righteousness from God comes through faith in Jesus Christ to all who believe. There is no difference For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by His grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. 
God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. Where then is boasting? It is excluded. On what principle? On that of observing the law? No. But on that of faith. For we maintain that a man is justified by faith apart from observing the law. This is the word of the Lord. In the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, amen. What happens when a national merit scholar in high school gets a B plus in their first class in college? What happens when, for example, a mother who actually played Mozart to their unborn child takes their eye off that same child for just a moment and something happens? What happens to a person who moves to New York City dreaming about Broadway and then find out that maybe their voice isn't as good as dad said it was? It's Father's Day, right? What happens when you think that you're doing a great job at work and then and then you get your one-year annual review, and then you find out that you weren't doing such a good job? What happens when you sort of get near the end of your life, and you're growing older, and, and you're looking back, and you're saying to yourself, you know, I wasn't everything that I wanted to be, and I'm not even close to what God called me to be, what I'm really asking is this, what happens when you fall short? What happens when you, when you fall short of what was supposed to define you, what was supposed to give you value and meaning for your life? And I think, I think you know, I think you know what happens, I, I think you've known for a long time what happens. Do you, remember, do you remember just a couple of years ago, Ronda Rousey? She was, she was this amazing MMA fighter. You remember her? She was invincible. She was undefeated. And she would beat the other ladies in MMA in like a, literally a matter of seconds. It was just incredible. And it was breathtaking for the world just to observe. And then she lost. And it was just this amazing thing. Everybody was like, Ronda Rousey lost? That's not supposed to happen. And then she gave, I remember, this, this is a YouTube video that went viral, millions and millions of views. She went on the Ellen DeGeneres show and she gave an interview. And I, I transcribed it and I made it G, rated G for um, the little minds here. This is what she said to Ellen DeGeneres. She said, I was like... I was like, I was, and she's crying while she's saying this. I was, I was down in the corner, and I was like, I was sitting in the corner, and I was thinking about dealing with myself. What am I anymore? I was thinking, 
What do I do anymore? Nobody cares about me anymore. And I looked up at my man. Travis was standing there. I looked at him, and I said, I need to have his babies. I need to stay alive. That's what happens when you fall short. Now, we're not here to stand in judgment of Ronda Rousey, right? To, to say, like, she, before she lost, she had defined herself. She had justified her very existence by saying, I'm the best fighter that the world has ever seen. And then she lost that value. She lost that significance. And do you notice what she did? Right away, she moved to yet another self-justification project. She would become a mother. And then she would have meaning and value for her life. And that's what Americans do. This is part of our culture. We do this all the time. We pursue performance and self-achievement of a way of justifying ourselves. You know, we used, to, we used to talk about the midlife crisis, right? You remember those days when we used to talk about that? Not anymore. Now, as a culture, we're talking about the quarter-life crisis. Because we're able to say to ourselves, what's wrong with me? I'm, I'm past 25 years old, I'm still not a YouTube star. I'm past 25 years old, and I still haven't created a tech company that's worth billions of dollars. I'm 25 years old, and if you're right around there, let me remind you that Stephen Curry, you know how old he is? He's 29. And we look at that stuff, and we look at that stuff, and we think, well, what's wrong with me? Maybe I'm not the unique snowflake that Dad always said that I was. And so we just go at it just like Ronda Rousey at this self-justification project and we realize at some point along the line that it ain't working. That we're falling short. But maybe that's not such a bad thing. I mean, I don't think the Apostle Paul thought it was. Because he's, he's abrupt in our lesson at pointing this out very confrontational in some ways, and he wants the Romans to admit the same thing. Self-justification doesn't work. In fact, what he says is this, there is no difference, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. Now, this is what he did in the book of Romans. He's leading up to this in, in chapter 1. He says, the Gentiles sin. They sin. They don't have the word of God. But somehow they find a way to worship the creation instead of the creator. And then he goes on to say, as the Jews sin, they sin too. They have the law of God, but they don't keep it. Everybody, everybody, everybody has sinned. And you have too. You have too. We are so far from God. And I mean that. As a culture, as people, we're not even asking the right questions anymore, like, am I guilty? We're not even asking ourselves as 
who's wicked and who's righteous. We don't even talk about that anymore. We don't even think about where do we stand in front of God. We are so far from God, and because we're so far from God, you see what we're doing? We're trying to construct meaning and relevance for our lives apart from Him. We have sinned. And you know what the worst part is? The stakes are so high in this. They are so high that if you don't get this right, you're going to miss out on glory. That's what he's saying. You fall short of the glory of God. But maybe we better start over with this lesson because what the Apostle Paul says is, but now a righteousness from God apart from the law has been made known to which the law and the prophets testify. So there is a righteousness that exists and it's outside of you. There is an identity, a meaning for your life that is outside of you and it comes from God. And it's not invented, it's nothing new. In fact, the law and the prophets testify to it. He goes on to say this, this righteousness from God comes through faith in Christ to all who believe. So this isn't something that comes from performance. It's not something that comes from something that you do. It's something that is believed. That comes to you by faith. And he goes on to say, there's no difference for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God and are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. So nobody's left out. This is absolutely universal. We can absolutely say this. Is there anyone, anyone, anyone here that is not a sinner? Everybody's a sinner. But we can also say this, is there anyone here, anyone at all, that is not also justified? That is not also at the same time a saint? Everyone is justified freely. How? He goes on to say, God presented him as a sacrifice of atonement through faith in his blood. This wasn't cheap. This wasn't just like an easy thing to justify you. God spilled his own blood from the cross. He didn't justify you with gold or silver or anything earthly. He justified you with the innocent blood of Jesus Christ. And let me tell you this, all of Scripture led up to that moment. All of it. All of Scripture leads up to Romans, and Romans leads to the Reformation, and the Reformation centers on this. All have been justified freely through faith in Jesus Christ. This is it. I mean, Noel, if there's anything that we want you to learn, it's that. <laughs> that you are justified freely through faith in Jesus Christ. And so I want you to see how this plays out in your life. So what happens 
when a National Merit Scholar gets a B-plus in her first college class. She stutters harder the next time, knowing that she is a child of God. And, and what happens when, when the mother who played Mozart to her unborn baby takes her eyes off that child for just a moment, something happens, what then? She can know that she is called by the holy God to be a mother. And that, to God, she is the best mother on earth to that child. And her sins have been washed away. What happens when someone dreaming about making it on Broadway suddenly doesn't? Well, you sing in church. And God says, that is music to my ears. What happens when you get that annual job performance? You find out, well, I didn't do as well as I thought. Well, you say, thank you, God, for my vocation. Thank you for my work. And you remember that you've been baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. What happens when you get to the end of your life and you're looking back and you're saying, I didn't do everything I wanted to. And I certainly didn't do everything God called me to do. You don't look back, do you? You look forward. Because you're closer to glory in Jesus' name than you've ever been before. So what this means for us, that's what this how relevant justification is by faith. And you can actually base your entire life, your entire belief system, everything that you do on this bedrock truth. You can live from it. You're holy. You're baptized. You're forgiven. You're justified. We're just getting started on this sermon series, I mean. Not on this sermon, on this sermon series. All we've looked at so far is the key. This is the key. Remember, it's the doctrinal key to unlock the book of Romans. You know what we're also going to do? We're going to stick that key in the door and we're going to open it up for the rest of the summer. And by the way, the next time your new pastor is going to preach the first time is in two weeks, so we're going to be excited about that. He's going to open it up, and we're going to see treasures that are old and new. You know what we're going to speak about? Faith. We're going to speak about reconciliation. We're going to speak about the hope of the glory of God. We're going to speak about struggle, right, in this life. And what God has to say about it. We're going to speak about what it means to be holy. We're going to do all of that. This is just the beginning. But we're going to start it in this way. As people justified by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen.